I'm Kurt Benkert, and this is Pocket Presence, powered by Sleeper. What a beautiful morning to dive into some football. It was a wonderful weekend, huge, huge action, a lot of playoff implications, and we're going to get right into it. We're going to recap the Sunday night game first, Chiefs-Packers, and what a crazy, crazy game. We got to see exactly who the Packers can be, and the last two weeks, I think, showed you that nobody really wants to play them because they are clicking on all cylinders. Jordan Love is playing out of his mind. The defense is playing really well, and they look like a complete team for the first time in a really long time, and I know Packers fans are super happy about it. I'm happy about it by affiliation. But the way that they won that game, too, it was just really cool to see that every single time the Chiefs came back and had a body blow, a body blow, a touchdown, field goal, whatever, Jordan Love came out with the offense and responded. And that is the sign of a really, really good football team. And it all started up front. The Packers controlled the line of scrimmage almost all game long. They were able to run the ball really well consistently for four or five yards of pop. And when they needed to hold up and protect, they gave Jordan Love just enough time with his falling away, fading away throws to get the ball off and throw accurately. And his receivers made plays. And it was just one of those games where it was like, man, you got to see how bright the future can be for the Packers in the North. And if I was the Lions right now, I'd be a little bit concerned because our reign of dominance that they thought they might have had for the next few years isn't so guaranteed anymore. And Packers are heating up at the right time. November, December, football in that time of the year matters the most. And the Packers are going to find their way into a wild card. They have a really favorable schedule coming up the next five weeks. And I would not be shocked to see them leapfrog some of these other wildcard teams and make a real run in the playoffs. I'm going to be excited to see how it plays out. But this game, more than anything, showed what the Chiefs were lacking, showed what the Packers had. And it also showed the extreme problem that the NFL has right now with officiating. Probably the worst officiated last minute of football that I've ever seen. And we've seen some bad football this year. But this one, there was a lot. Let's start. We'll just dive right into it. So. You have a Patrick Mahomes that's running out of bounds, and instead of running out of bounds, he gets smacked. They call a 15-yard penalty. That was a completely legal hit, and the real implications of this wasn't just the yards. It wasn't just the 15 yards. It was the stopping of the clock, because if he gets hit and is not going out of bounds forward, that could potentially keep the clock rolling. So we're going to go there. Give him the free 15 yards, great. Then not long after that, a pass is thrown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and he is pushed backwards after he catches it, and the ref on the sideline blows it, stops the clock. They had a bunch of receivers downfield. They had a shot play called, and he decided to take the out route to the sideline, stop route, whatever it was. And this stopped the clock, allowed them to huddle. And in reality, what it would have caused is the next play either to be a spike or to be a hurried up play that maybe they just get another five yards. And it would have taken at least 20 to 25 seconds off the clock with how deep the receivers were downfield. So that play alone allowed the Chiefs to regroup. Those two, I mean, it was a swing in like 30-something seconds. And then it was followed up by an OPI call, which it was PI. Like, that was PI. But in the grand scheme of things, he shouldn't have even been that close to call that play to where the ball would have gotten to the 5 or 10-yard line to get a PI. Like, everything that led up to it on that drive is what really frustrates me because the refs weren't bad all game. They were letting the guys play, but 
in prime time, Sunday night football, when it matters most, the refs look like they had never refed a game before. I mean, it's like the most blatant things that you see in football that you're just like, what is this? A repl- is this a replacement crew? So I think the biggest problem with everything is that the, the NFL is taking gambling and pushing the sponsorship dollars there. They're taking all of these ads and everything, and they're just throwing it at people. Hey, come gamble on all these games. I don't think it's good when you have a really bad product with the ref crews and pushing the general narrative the way that they are. And by this offseason, I really hope that there's a revamping in how these games are officiated, what the crews are responsible for, how they are held responsible after the fact when they blow calls time and time again. And the biggest thing I think as fans in the NFL is like we don't want to like talk about the refs all the time, but we don't want refs to change the outcome of games. And the Chiefs at the end of that had no right being in the game after those two blown calls. They had no right being in that game. But then also on the flip side, if you're a Chiefs fan, okay, there's two calls, they went our way. The next non-call in the PI, that's another one. Like That should have been called, and that then changed the outcome of the game from that point in time. And I just think there's real inconsistency and real outcomes being changed. And it's just really tough to see, especially in such a good game that the Packers had every right to win that game, and they did. But even at the end, like it shouldn't even have come down to that, and it did. It was crazy. But we just want better from the NFL, and I think that this offseason, that should be the biggest point of emphasis. Let's stop finding players for celebrating. Let's stop finding players for this and that, for hitting people a little too hard. Why don't we take accountability for the things that are really affecting the game and the way that they're being refed and do something about that and put a little more energy into that pot than what you're doing with this player conduct that's it's not even conduct, it's fun. These guys are bringing you views. You're getting sponsorship dollars. You're tweeting out backflip celebrations and pulling them down and then firing people for a year, suspending them for a year in the media crew. Why don't we do something about the real problems in the game and let the guys have a little bit more fun? But that's my soapbox. I'm going to hop off of it, and we're going to dive into some more NFL action. Another huge NFC bout, the Eagles and the 49ers. Man, the Eagles as the number one seed. They finally lost a game for the first time in a while, but this one's in a gauntlet. And they have one of the toughest stretches of schedule right now. They just barely beat the Bills. They just lost the Niners. Now they go down to Dallas, and they play the Cowboys, who are super hot right now. And the Eagles could drop two in a row here and lose their number one seed really quickly. And if it doesn't go any better throughout the rest of the season, they could find their way into a wild card spot. Basically go from one to five, and that's a tough look for the Eagles. And they're not a team that has really been dominating anybody. They've just been finding ways to win. And I don't know if I'd want to be in that spot right now. So we'll see what happens with the Eagles. Can they bounce back? Yes. Is it going to be tough? Yeah, they got a, they got a hell of a schedule in front of them. But I think it's safe to say that the Niners are the new top dog, and Brock Purdy is slithering his way into MVP considerations. What I will say is this. Purdy is playing lights out. He's playing absolutely flawless, near flawless football. He's getting a lot of help from his guys around him, but like you can't fault the guy for his playmakers balling out making plays turning screens into touchdowns he's doing exactly what he's being asked to do and more and the guys around him are playing really well and I think the guys around him are playing well because he's playing so well so it's this back and forth like I don't think you can knock him for it I don't think you can give him extra credit but Purdy really is in the MVP conversation and I think right now that three-way race of quarterbacks is Brock Purdy Dak Prescott and CJ Stroud and holy shit Who would have thought that in week 14, that would be who we're really talking about in this MVP consideration, but here we are, and the Niners are rolling. I think they're top dogs, and it's going to be a really wild race on that side of the NFL and the NFC, so 
I'm excited to see how it plays out. We also needed to go down to the AFC South and CJ Stroud, another MVP conversation finalist in my opinion. And he is doing everything that he can to elevate this Houston Texans football team. He's winning in shootouts. He's winning in gutsy games. And even in games that they're losing, they're only in the games because of him. And he's balling. And he has all the physical tools. He can do it all, obviously. And now, as a rookie, he is leading the NFL in passing yards through 13 weeks. And it's kind of crazy because you look on the other side of it, who had the number one overall pick? The Carolina Panthers. And what have they done? They've already fired their coach. Meanwhile, the Texans are gearing up to be a juggernaut in the South. I know that they just lost to the Jaguars not long ago, but the Texans look like they have the highest ceiling of any team down there. And they're, again, they kind of remind me of the Packers. Like, they're a team that nobody really wants to play. They may not be 8-3, and three, whatever, 8-4, and four, but I don't think anybody really wants to have to play them this year. And if you look at the Broncos, the Broncos have been playing really good football, and they've been on a streak, a winning streak. Russell Wilson's been playing well, protecting the ball. They've had a good run game and a solid defense. And what did C.J. Stroud do? He lit them up. C.J. Stroud went 16 of 27 for 274 yards and a passing touchdown. Also had 11 yards on the ground. The plays that he did make, he was throwing dimes. He was throwing into windows with people in his face, off balance, scrambling, buying time in the pocket. Like He's doing everything that he can to elevate this team. And again, if you look at them on offense, like they don't have like the biggest weapons. Tank Dell got hurt. Nico Collins is his guy. Like, that's who he's got right now, Nico Collins. But Tank Dell looks like he's going to be out for a little while. We'll get more info on that soon. It's Monday morning while I'm recording this. But it's a really bright future for the Texans. And if C.J. Stroud can stay healthy, the Texans are going to be good for a long time. You know, it's with this playoff race heating up, like, it really feels like the last three spots could be anybody's for the most part. If you look at the AFC, you got the Dolphins, who are first in the AFC, in my opinion. I think they have a little bit more upside than the Ravens do, but the Ravens are also, that's a really unique way that they play football. They're controlling the clock, running the ball, and Lamar's playing well. So like Dolphins and Ravens, one or two, one A, one B, however you want to look at it. But then you got the Jaguars who are three and are they three? I think so for now. The Chiefs, the Chiefs aren't who I thought they were. They aren't who many people thought they were. And their flaws are starting to show up late in the year. They don't have a receiver that they can count on in a deep threat situation. They don't have anybody that can really stretch the field at all. And they're playing this game of football right now, basically 20 yards and under. And that's not a good way to play. It's not a way to be consistent as a team. And right now, like if I was the Chiefs, you got the Texans creeping up on you. You have the Bills who are going to be creeping up on you. The Broncos even obviously have already beaten you. Like, I know the Chiefs are going to win their division, but as soon as they get into the playoff race and have to play a wildcard team, I don't know who they actually match up well against. They've been knocked off a few times in the past few weeks, and they're not trending in the right direction. And then you have the Steelers, who right now are like fifth in the AFC, but they just lost their quarterback, and they actually were looking promising. They just lost to the Cardinals. Kenny Pickett was out, but losing your quarterback right now in that situation, I would not put any trust in Trubisky. So I don't even know if the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Then you have the Colts who are trending in the right direction. Just won an overtime game. They're seven and five. Again, we got seven teams that are going to make the playoffs. And if I had to rank the AFC right now, I'd go Miami Dolphins one, Ravens two, Jaguars three. I would take the Texans four, even though I know that the Chiefs are going to get that spot. But just in, in terms of power rankings, Texans four, Chiefs five, 
I'd go Colts six and then Bills seven. I think the Bills find a way to make it into the playoffs this year, especially with some of the losses that just came up on some of these teams. That's kind of how I look at it right now. And then now flip into the NFC side. Like it's just getting crazy. The Eagles are 10 and 2 right now. The Niners are 9 and 3. The Lions are 9 and 3, but they're not playing their best ball. Then you have the Cowboys at 9 and 3. Then you have the Falcons. They're in obviously NFC South. They're going to win that division most likely. You got the Packers, Vikings, Rams. The way that I look at this NFC side, this is how I would rank them. Niners 1, Cowboys 2, Eagles 3, Packers 4. Lions five, Falcons six, Rams seven. And again, I know that the Lions have a better record than the Packers, but right now, if you're just taking who is going to play who and who would beat who, I would put the Packers where I put them. So the NFC, again, seeding matters. A lot of these teams are going to benefit from early wins in the year, going to get a better seed. But as anyone knows, all that matters is how are you playing football in December and January come time for the playoffs. And right now, that's the way that I see it. Now for our last part, I know we've got fantasy playoff races heating up. For most leagues, this is the last week of the regular fantasy football season, and every bit matters. You guys listened last week. You heard me talk about the defense and special teams that I really was looking to in waivers. Chargers defense, shout out. They got me 22 points, picked them off, off of waivers. I'm in full fade New England, by the way. And then I also picked Jason Sanders off of waivers as well while I had Tucker on bye week. And between those two players, they got me 32 points in fantasy. So again, I'm going to reiterate, we're at a point in time in fantasy where every point matters. It oftentimes leads to tiebreakers, and you need to find good matchups in the kicker and defense position to get you extra points this week. So go to your waiver wire, find the matchups. Right now, the guys that are available or teams that are available in my leagues for next week. Packers versus Giants. I love the Packers defense, by the way, against the Giants. I think that's a really easy grab. Projected it at 9.3 points. I also think you could grab the Houston Texans defense against the Jets. Those two are probably better matchups than you have in your lineup currently. So don't be afraid to swap leading into playoffs and get the best team, the best defense for that week available. Get them into your lineup. And then kickers as well. One that I really like on waivers right now, which should be available in most of your leagues, is Jake Moody, San Francisco's kicker versus Seattle. That will be a home game. They should score a lot of points, just like they did last week, and that's probably a really safe bet. Anybody else? I don't really love. I think Buffalo might pop off a little bit against Kansas City, so Tyler Bass projected 8.7 points. Those should, should be some good options, but again, with kickers, especially this time of the year, you want to find a kicker with a team on offense that can move the ball, get in a red zone and field goal range, and just try to stack points because every point matters. Also, one more nugget for you guys, a little sneaky receiver pickup if you need one and you're just dying right now. Jonathan Mingo had 10 targets this past week for the Panthers. Panthers offense wasn't as bad as they have been in recent weeks. Led to 9.9 .9 points, had 8 points the week before. He's trending in the right direction. He's turning into wide receiver one for them. 6'2", 220. He's looking good. Big body. Safe bet when throwing the ball to for Bryce Young. So if you need one, go grab them. And last but not least, this one is a pick that if you really just like need somebody that might pop off, maybe he's going to put up 10, maybe put up 20. You never know. Jamison Williams with the Lions. He did not have the target share that we like touching, but if you're in a Hail Mary situation, he did have a reverse for a touchdown. He ended up with nine points last week. 
Last three weeks, he's at 11, 6, and 9. And I think they're at a point now where they're ready to use him more in the offense. He's obviously shown that he can be one of their most explosive players. So be on the lookout as you get into the playoffs for Jamison Williams getting more burn. Also, really good handcuff for some of their playmakers on offense as well. I think he's worth a stash. Don't know if he's going to win you a game, but I definitely think he's worth a stash. All right, and that's about it, man. It's been a really fun stretch of the year. We're in December. Football has been heating up, obviously. And we have so many different playoff implications coming up. We have different storylines unfolding. And this is the beauty, the part of the NFL that we just all love. Holidays are coming up. NFL's heating up. So is Pocket Presence. And I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for listening. Until next time. We'll have a banger for the next episode. See you then.